Welcome to another edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. We are your hosts, Jessica, and I am Chris Eaton. And Jessica, oh, an exciting uh, episode today. We have a very special guest. Yes, we do. I'm really, really excited. So this man is a renowned author. He has uh, pretty much uh, redefined the Kaiju genre for, uh, for the uh, uh, printed word, if you will. Sir, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Jeremy Robinson. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, what's the name of uh, your uh, your line of uh, books that you do? Um, well, I actually have more than 50 books, but the books in question tonight, I believe, are the Kaiju books, which is the, the first book is Project Nemesis, uh, the second is Project Maigo, the third is Project 731, and the new one out uh, just a few weeks ago is Project Hyperion. So, yes, I, I believe people call your books Kaiju Thrillers. Yeah, that's the term I came up with a couple of years ago to define the genre. Well, yeah, or the subgenre. Yeah, because uh, I, I just, um, you know, didn't, uh, I recently picked up uh, Project Nemesis for the first time uh, on mm-hmm. a recommendation of a uh, of a friend, and uh, I find when uh, we found out you were going to come on, it gave me a good reason to plow right through it. And <laughs> uh, hey, I got it done in two days, and uh, that's. Wow. That's yeah. That's uh, saying something. As uh, I haven't read a book that fast in a long, long time. Nor have I. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, not only do you uh, have uh, you got a a new book out, but uh, Project Nemesis is getting a comic book, is it not? It is, and it comes out uh, in a few days on the seventh, October seventh. And uh, uh, kaiju artist renowned, I call him the kaiju gangster. Matt Frank is providing <laughs> the yeah. uh, interior art for that, is he not? Yes, and Matt has, um, he has done drawings or sketches of Nemesis uh, ever since the first book. Um, when, I think it, when he did his first Godzilla comic, mm-hmm. um, I picked it up, and that was around the same time that I was starting on Nemesis, and I just thought his style fit perfectly. So I got in touch with him back then, and he's been doing uh, the character designs for all the monsters ever since. Now, what led to the, uh, the just this, what sprung up? Because as you said, you've written over fifty books now, and uh, I, I've looked yeah. through your catalog. That you got a lot of There's adventure, techno, uh, techno thrillers, if you will. Kaiju's. Where you know what, what brought this about? Um, well, I've always been a fan of kaiju. I grew up watching Creature Double Feature and watching Godzilla, and uh, so giant monsters has always been part of the influence on me. And for some reason, it, it never occurred to me that that was something I could do in a novel. So, you know, I started out with smaller creatures of aliens and uh, mythical creatures, but um, I didn't really think of the kaiju until someone a few years ago said, well, if you like Godzilla so much, why don't you just write something like that? And I was like, oh, I never really thought of that. So once it got in my head, um, I've now written four kaiju books, and uh, I have a fifth one on the way, which is not part of the Nemesis series. Uh, it's called the Apocalypse Machine. Oh, really? 
Yes. Yeah, it's a much more serious uh, story than Nemesis is. <laughs> Which is saying much. Probably because, because I kill everyone. But. <laughs> well, I mean, there there is a there is a hefty bit of carnage in, in the Nemesis in the first mm-hmm. Nemesis book as there is. Which is one of the, uh, the, I mean, one of the more interesting things when I uh, sat down and read this book was just, because here, here's the thing with, with kaiju movies, I mean, occasionally you'll get a, a, a monster that'll eat people like the green gargantua, but they're never really, you know, full on attacking people for, you know, just yeah. kind of vindictive reasons. It's usually they're in the Come way, out, something happens, yeah. With uh, with Nemesis, you get really detailed with some hor- horrendous things that happen to some people. Yep. <laughs> Which uh, yeah, that was. Oh, I'm I sorry. Don't know, I don't know why I did that. Because uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to, I wanted to show all sides of the story, and mm-hmm. I, I started writing it in first person, and then realized that I, I really want to get to know the creature. Mm-hmm. So I actually wrote some from her perspective, and then I really wanted to experience in a very personal way the the deaths of many of her victims um so yeah i spend a chapter with a lot of the victims and then watch them get eaten yeah there's uh there's the the one particular chapter where that small town uh i believe it's in new <laughs> hampshire if, if i if i'm recalling right there yeah. just tears right through it and you know the, yeah and- <laughs> Yeah, yeah very detailed uh, description of the, I think, the mayor. Yeah, getting eaten and yeah. too. Which, which I actually just saw that page of the second issue of the comic book, and it's just as gross as it is in the book. <laughs> well, you, you beat, uh, I believe you beat Attack on Titan to the whole devouring <laughs> thing inside the stomach by about a year. So. Oh, good. Yeah. So, it's uh, always nice to beat <laughs> other people to something. And for your kaijus, are they creatures that you kind of, I would say, imagine yourself, or was it like a chimera where you kind of piece different things from mediums that you've liked or animals that you like? How did you come up with your idea for your um, kaiju and how they look like? For Nemesis, it was um, a lot of the, the look and feel that I wanted for her was uh, like a xenomorph from Alien, mm-hmm. like kaiju mm-hmm. size. Um, and we we went back and forth with a lot of ideas, um, but I really wanted her to be iconic and easy to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, something that was as cool as Godzilla, but also separate from Godzilla. Um, so I think the, the glowing membranes that she has really separates her from other kaiju, um, and that they explode as well. Well, which is interesting because... Um when you see American people try to interpret giant monsters, usually it's they kind of try to, you know, put themselves in, in the Japanese for, oh, just take a already existing creature and make it bigger right. with more fangs. Uh, right. Nemesis really does feel like a Japanese monster, especially when with, with the description you're giving with the like the long neck, the scales, the, the carapace, and especially the glowing membranes. That has a very kind of almost 90s Toho-esque mm-hmm. look to it. Right. So. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's all been an influence on me my whole life, really. Um, Godzilla's been around for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not that old. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, we, we, I mean, obviously we're sitting here talking, so we all love Godzilla. So, yeah. Um, yeah, with, with I, I, I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit on some of the other details. You got a little bit of, uh, there's, I mean, I, 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 I've read ahead on a few things things for your for your other books but i haven't read them yet so i'm kind of just to familiarize myself with uh 
make your world that you created yep. here. Uh, first off, it looks like I mean, uh, with you're you're kind of it seems like you're building to like a big Avengers yeah. as crossover from your other books, from what I've read. Uh, yes. And, yeah, I am, and it's I've actually been building towards that um, in a couple of different series of books for ten years. Wow. Um, and I, I have seen some recent complaints about it. Uh, in well, in one review for Hyperion, someone noted that that was happening and that they didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I get that, um, but it's really for the fans who have been reading me for the last ten years. Oh yeah. Uh, who have been who have been asking to for all their favorite heroes to somehow meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the fifth Nemesis book, Project Legion, is my answer to that, and it. It will really bring together characters from most of my novels into one big overarching comic book style crossover event. Um, and you know, I can only really do that once. I'm not going to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're so. not going to do what the, what the Fast and Furious series did, where they had the big crossover part <laughs> five, and then just like, where do we go from here? Well, we just keep running and just make it more yeah. and more insane as as we go along. There's there's only so far you can go until you reach a uh, a, a breaking point. Right, and with with Nemesis, every book gets a little bit more crazy <laughs> in terms of like the number of kaiju and the giant robots and all sorts of other big crazy things that happen. So in the fifth book, I mean, it's it's like everything <laughs> that you could possibly want in a giant monster story, all thrown at you in one book. And I don't really want to try and top that. Mm-hmm. Um, because it would just get ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think book five of Nemesis will be the the last book, <clears throat> at least for this story arc of Nemesis. Um, and then maybe it'll, it'll get some kind of reboot. But I'm definitely not going to try and build on the next book. Okay, so you, you know when to go out on top. So that, that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Which, yeah, and it's going to be hard to write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, because I, I mean, it's Nemesis from what I've seen has gathered a fairly large fan base online from from yep. what I can tell that people absolutely love these books yeah and it's, I think it's I think it's because I love these books mm-hmm. uh, a lot of a lot of times like the book I'm writing now it's very serious and it's hard and uh, when I write nemesis it's like going on vacation <laughs> it's like it's like being in my living room again when I was a kid sitting in front of the TV drawing Godzilla and watching Godzilla it's, that's what it feels like to me to write Nemesis. So it's just, it's a lot of fun, and I think uh, fans are picking up on it and having that kind of fun when they read it. Now, uh, again, you've, well, I'm trying to word this. So you, you're writing, you, you said you got 50 books under your belt. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, as a guy who's tried to write in the past and failed horribly at it, uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, did, does the creativity just flow? I mean, does it? I mean, where, when, when you're writing, because I've seen you got like various different genres, and I, I, yeah. I'm assuming that it comes from many passions in your life. Um, when you're writing something like Nemesis, do you have to get into a certain frame of mind, or do you have to, or is it just something that just flows right out of you like anything else? Because you've Nemesis. written so many books, so we we're wondering what your process is like and how quick your books. Yeah. Come. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really different for every book. Nemesis is kind of just flows right out of me. That's that's kind of where my brain just exists. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Other books are a little bit harder depending on the subject matter um, if it involves a lot of research. My novels, Second World and Island 731, both had World War II uh, plot lines. So I had to do a lot of research into uh, World War II and a lot of really horrific things that happened during those wars. So that, that slows you down when you have to research that stuff. With Nemesis, I'm really just making stuff up and putting it in the real world that I exist in and don't need to research. It also takes place in New England, where I live, mm. so I don't have to go look up every town that I'm destroying. I can just write it from experience. Um, it's like, hey, I've been here. Let's, let's knock it down. Yeah, I destroyed <laughs> some of my favorite landmarks. And uh, earlier this year in June, we had our first Robinson Fest, mm -hmm. which was surreal, but it <laughs> happened. And so people came from all over the world, mm -hmm. and we got together here in New Hampshire, and we visited a lot of the locations that uh, I feature in my books. And we actually went on the cruise ship that Nemesis destroyed <laughs> and uh, eat someone. So we got to do like a Nemesis cruise and mm -hmm. uh, visited a lot of the places in Beverly, Massachusetts that are featured in the book, including the F, uh, F, yeah, FCP mm -hmm. headquarters. Um, so yeah, it's, it's much easier to write Nemesis because of all that. Um, and because so much of it is fantastical. So yeah, it really depends on if I'm writing something that is like real-world accurate in terms of history and science and things like that. Uh, that science can be so really cool. tricky. What? Oh no, I was going to say that was so cool because I'm still thinking about Robinson Fest and oh. how that kind of came about. Well, we're doing another one. It was How did it come about? I don't remember. I think someone suggested it and I mentioned it maybe on Facebook and a lot of people replied. Uh, that they would be interested in that. So we kind of toyed around with the idea for a couple of years and decided to go for it this year. Um, and people came, and I think even more people will come next year because there were a lot of jealous people when they saw the photos from this year. So next year will be good. We're trying to... Uh, it'll probably be up in the, the northern woods of New Hampshire... Uh, where some of the other books are featured, so we'll get to see those as well, and uh, maybe do some paintball target practice, or who knows what. Now, when did you get into writing? Uh, I kind of want to get into your past a little bit here. <clears throat> this is it's kind of an interesting process. Um, I grew up going to normal school and being forced to read horrible books, that I thought were horrible when I was a kid, and I still think are horrible now. <laughs> They're boring. Mm -hmm. um, so, for most of my life, I hated reading. Mm. Um, wow. And, yeah. In high school, I got into comic books. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, that lasted through college. And uh, I went to school for art and illustration. Um, so, that's what, what my education was. And I started uh, doing indie comic books as an artist after college. And it was around that time where uh, I was working on a comic book and they asked me to do a little bit of writing on it that I kind of had this epiphany that all the art that I had been doing my whole life was really telling stories. Um, so around that time, I, I 
had the epiphany was that I was a storyteller, not necessarily a writer, but a storyteller. Um, so I started working on screenplays for movies, and I did that for, I don't know, 10 years. We moved out to Los Angeles. I had some stuff optioned. Um, and while I was living in Los Angeles, so I'm 30 now and still not a fan of reading novels. Um, <laughs> You're only and, 30? Oh, my God, I feel like I've wasted my life. No, 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 I'm not 30 now. Oh. I'm 30 in the, in the story. Oh, okay, so okay. 10 I was years about ago. to say, like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, like, 10 years ago, okay. um, I'm 30 and uh, for some reason picked up a novel. Maybe I was on a plane or, and uh, it was James Rollins' novel, Subterranean, which uh, takes place beneath Antarctica and there's dinosaurs and ancient civilizations and things like that and it, I kind of had this realization like oh people write good novels <laughs> and they write about things that I'm interested in um, and so I had never really even considered writing a novel until then so I started reading novels a lot and after reading maybe a dozen <laughs> I decided I would try writing one um, so I did I just uh, I read uh, Strunken White's Grammar Guide and uh, I think uh, Stephen King's On Writing and mm -hmm. then I wrote the first novel and uh, that one I self-published. Mm -hmm. Which book was that? And that was The Didymus Contingency. Okay. Um, and then I self-published four, I think four of my books, mm -hmm. and they sold well enough that uh, my publisher Thomas Dunn noticed and they called me up and made me an offer and since then i've had uh one hardcover novel per year through that major new york publisher mm -hmm. but i've also been self-publishing the whole time oh wow yeah so, so pretty much most of these so you are you wait are you, are you saying your nemesis books are self-published then yeah oh wow it's, it's even far more impressive it is very <laughs> impressive to have both a major publishing company and having something self-published as well. Yes, yeah. I guess the technical term is a hybrid author. So I mean, I mean, in this day and age, especially with um, e-books now being a huge thing, I mean, do, yeah. have you had any uh, you know trouble trying to push, uh, still push physical books onto people? I mean, especially through self-publishing. Um, it's definitely slowed down. I still sell them online. Um, it's harder to get them in Barnes & Noble. Um, and there's, there's all sorts of weird things with Barnes & Noble where they will only take one or two novels from a single author per year um, just because they can't you know, have that many books on their shelf. Yeah. So to, to publish between, I don't know, eight and 14 novels like I do, then your only option is to self-publish. I, I, that's uh, incredibly impressive, sir. <laughs> now, um, kind of delving back into the whole kaiju thing, I, I asked mm -hmm. this of every one of our guests coming in. Uh, what was the movie that, uh, that that was the bug that bit you? For kaiju, I, my favorite kaiju is Godzilla versus Megalon with <laughs> the Jaguar. Mm -hmm. um, there's uh, just something about that that uh, I've always loved. Um, well, and... I mean, it is the most rambunctious of all the films, if you will. Yeah, it's fun. It just starts out fun with that ridiculous floaty thing. <laughs> the, the giant fish, uh, <laughs> the, the, the fish, uh, the, I don't even know what the thing. heck it is. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know, something about Jet Jaguar's design has just always stuck with me. Um, yeah, so Project Hyperion is kind of my Godzilla versus Megalon book where there's uh, three kaiju and a big robot. Oh, nice. So it's a, I take it's a two-on-two fight then? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, man. Okay, now I got I to gotta get on Amazon and order this thing. <laughs> so uh, on that note, uh, is there any other ones that, you, that uh, you've enjoyed over the years? Uh, Godzilla 2000 really sticks out for me because I actually got to see it in the theater. Um, I had no idea it was coming out. This is back when, you know, the only way you knew a movie was coming out is if you saw a trailer on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, or saw it in the newspaper like I did. So I was just looking to see what was playing, and I saw a Godzilla movie in the theater and kind of freaked out and went and saw it uh, with my wife. And so that was the first time I had ever seen Godzilla in the theater and was the last time until the American version of Godzilla, the 98 one. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Which was totally disappointing. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I just reversed those dates. Oh, no. Are you talking and about the, the Warner Brothers one that just came out? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I got confused with the 98. Obviously, that came before yeah, Godzilla 2000. 2000. So, yes, 2000, I saw Godzilla 2000, 2000 and felt that's what the American version should have been. Yeah. And then Warner Brothers. What, what did you think of the, uh, the Warner Brothers one? I really enjoyed the first 15 minutes. Uh, and because I, I thought, and this, I tried to do this in Nemesis, to have a really good story, kaiju or not kaiju, you have to have characters that you identify with and you care about. In, in part with Godzilla, you can care about Godzilla, mm-hmm. but you have to have a human element uh, that you care about as well. Um, or you just detach. So I felt like after uh, Brian Cranston died, I stopped caring about the rest of the characters um, because they just they, he, he sets it up so well mm-hmm. that the other characters can't possibly you can't possibly care about them so much because they would have to they would have to match his acting ability, which they didn't. No. Well. Yeah, that, that that seemed to be the issue. I've uh, when I talked with a lot of people, it's like, well, once Walter White was gone, I you know it was not until towards the end when I really cared again. Um, and, and yeah, it, it, I mean, there is a bit of the element is that you know his character actually had the motivation to pursue these things, and pretty much his son just kind of gets caught up in the whirlwind of everything. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, and Godzilla was cool, mm-hmm. but. That he wasn't presented in a way that made me care about him other than I naturally care about Godzilla because he has been part of my life. But that's not... You can't bank on that when you're trying to tell a story and make a movie. Um, you know, most of the people who saw that movie don't have that feeling about Godzilla. This is, so. this is incredibly true. I mean, uh, just saying something because... Kaiju serves kind of a niche market. I mean, uh, it's saying something that you kind of did take a bit of a risk when you're putting out a book about giant monsters. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I just, it, I just had to do it. It had to be done. <laughs> um, and I knew that no one else had done it. <laughs> um, other than the Godzilla novels that came out during the 90s, there hadn't really been any 
kaiju novels, and there hadn't been any original kaiju novels. Mm-hmm. Um, all the others were just the, the four that were published from Godzilla. Um, so I saw an opportunity to do something that I loved and do it first, uh, and that's that makes it more fun for me. Well, you did seem to set off a bit of a revolution because when I was perusing Amazon, there seems <laughs> there's to be there's a lot now. Yeah, there's a rash of these things now, and it's yeah. like yeah. it's you know like hmm okay well obviously something right was done with with uh, with Nemesis that now there's a craving for this kind of thing. Yeah, when when I went on Amazon and uh, I saw my first book that wasn't mine that said a kaiju thriller under the title mm-hmm. and I, I was like wow I like created a subgenre but it, it didn't exist before and not many people can can lay that kind of claim no and I wouldn't have expected to but it kind of <laughs> just happened it did I mean it, I, I, I'm kind of thinking uh, you have a very Burrow uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs kind of like uh, yep. start to your career because it seems like you started a little late in, in the writing and Writing was not your first thing, but once you got into it, you just started knocking just home runs out the park left and right. Yeah, it took. I wrote after I realized that I wanted to be a storyteller and that writing was part of that. I wrote for a good 13 years without making a dime, um, just pumping out screenplays and novels. Um, and <laughs> they were so bad in the beginning, it's <laughs> embarrassing. Um, so yeah, it took me 13 years to get to the point where anyone would want to read what I wrote. Um, and even, you know, even I now look back at my first books and think they're a little bit rough. So what, what, what I mean, as you, as you mentioned, I, I think there's, there's this kind of idea with people that, especially today that, um, what, for what, you know, trying to talk, uh, I, I've talked to people in certain industries cause I've been trying to get into filmmaking and, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people have said, you know, hey, you're going to be doing a lot of free things for a lot of people for a long while before you really do anything. Right. And uh, don't expect to get paid, but, you know, you put your work in and eventually someone will notice. Would you say that that's some, I mean, from what's the sounds of what you're saying, that that's, you know, very apt? Um, yeah, I, I think I've heard that you have to do something for 10,000 hours before you're like an expert at it. And I certainly put in more than 10,000 hours <laughs> For free with my writing, um, <clears throat> I think it took me longer than ten thousand hours to become an expert at it. Um, but yeah, with, with movies, it's a little bit different because I feel like you have to, you kind of have to put it out there. I wasn't self-publishing everything during those first thirteen years that would have destroyed my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but movies, I think, need a bit more of an audience uh, and audience feedback to really identify, you know, what needs work and what you can improve on. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with writing, you can have just a few good editors tear it apart. Was the feedback from Project Nemesis what led to American Gothic Press, uh, I guess, publishing your book as a comic That happened. Or, or did you uh, reach out to them or they reached out to you? They reached out to me. Uh, and it happened because Matt Frank has done a lot of art for famous monsters of Filmland. Yes, uh, yes. And Matt has done a lot of art for me and for Nemesis. And Matt has, you know, some creative ownership over the design of Nemesis. And, I don't know, half a year ago or so, um, when they were talking about launching American Gothic Press, 
they came to Matt and said, you know, would you like to work on the comic book for us? And his response was, yes, but only if it's Nemesis. And so they were like, okay. And so they got in touch with me and we worked it out from there. So uh, the book comes out this Tuesday as we're recording this. Is that correct? The 7th of October, uh, right? Wednesday. Wednesday, okay. Wednesday. Yeah, I, I blanked on that. I should know better. Are you talking about the comic books? Yes, because I'm talking yeah. about the comics. Wednesday Com- is comic book day. Yes, I know. I just lost a lot of credit right there. <laughs> no, well, Tuesday is novel day. Yeah. So, comes out Tuesday. Or, God. Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Wednesday. Uh, how long is the uh, the run of uh, Nemesis uh, for, the, for, um, for this series? This is a miniseries, so it's going to be six issues and then published as a trade. Um, which will hopefully be able to send to many movie studios. Mm. Uh, that's yeah, kind of the, that's the long-term plan for the comic book. Is, mm-hmm. uh, Hollywood likes comic books. So yeah, obviously. We're going to give him one. Yeah. Um, uh, then I'm pretty sure, I'm like 99% sure that there will be a comic book edition of Island 731, mm-hmm. which uh, it, that happens parallel to Project Nemesis. Um, and then in the second book, Project Mygo, characters from Island 731 join the story. And then in the third book, Project 731, we continue where Island 731 left off, adding Nemesis and Kaiju. <clears throat> so it's kind of like a, a merging of universes. So we'll be doing Island 731 as a comic book after Nemesis, and then hopefully doing Project MyGo to continue the Nemesis story. Uh, but that probably depends on how well Nemesis sells. Which pretty much means anybody listening to this, go out Tuesday or Wednesday. And uh, go pick up a copy. Pick up two. Like there are multiple covers. Right now there are three different covers of issue number one. So, so yeah, you got a Bob Eagleton cover. Yep. And uh, what, Matt Frank did a cover. Matt Frank did a cover. And then there's and an exclusive cover for a comic store in your neck of the woods, isn't there? Yes, it's Jetpack Comics in mm-hmm. Rochester, New Hampshire. And Joshua Belanger did a black and white Nemesis cover. And it's really cool because uh, Nemesis on the cover is in her smaller, almost human form. Mm-hmm. And she is tackling <laughs> the owner of the comic book store, Ralph, <laughs> and me. And me. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is killing both of us on the cover. Um, I saw, I saw but, the cover. It was a it was a brilliant little bit of uh, of, of mayhem. Yeah, and so that one is also available. Um, and I think they're giving it away for free to the first hundred people who order it through their website. Oh, nice. Um, you have to pay for shipping though. Oh, okay. Well, obviously. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned. Uh, Obviously, you're you know there's there's intentions of getting uh, Nemesis out there to some studios. Uh, has has any other studios been? Uh, have, they, have you been on their their radar yet for any of your other books? Um, I Island Seven Thirty One came very close. Um, a producer wanted it and he took it to. I don't know if I should say studio names. Or you can be very. You can be vague. You know, I don't want to get you in trouble. Well, they they took it to it. Was, the producer was someone who had done a lot of big movies, um, like the Sherlock Holmes movies with uh, Robert Downey Jr. And uh, they took it to one of the large studios and almost got approval for it, but the studio said no. 
I'm not sure why they said no, but they did. And uh, a lot of my books I know have gotten into the hands of directors that I really would like them to be made by. Uh, but so far, none of the, the big ones have gone through. My Jack Sigler thriller series has been optioned uh, and is in development right oh, now. Nice. So that one is happening, and that is also full of monsters. Mm -hmm. uh, the book that is being made into a movie is Pulse, mm -hmm. and it actually features the Hydra. Oh. Brought to life in modern times. <laughs> very it, nice. Uh, very nice. In a way, that's, I, I feel like that's a kaiju story. It's not a daikaiju story like yeah. Genesis is. But, you know, all of my books have monsters. I, I think there's only... Second World doesn't have monsters exactly, mm -hmm. but it does have killer robots, so, you know. <laughs> yes. yes I like, uh, just, uh, if you can't have monsters, have killbots, you know? That's, that's, yeah. the, that's the, the... Killbots and, or Nazi killbots. Yeah, so. <laughs> even better. <laughs> oh, who would your director be, like, who would your dream director would be for the Project Series? Oh, man, for Project Nemesis? Uh, I'm going to say J.J. Abrams. Ooh, good choice, um, good choice. Well, yeah, and their their nemesis uh, may have had a close call there already. Wow. Well, so, I mean, considering that he did produce um, a movie that was, in, in, yeah, in, in similar vein to, to your story, but not yeah, as good, so in my the, opinion. The interest is there, mm -hmm. um, and I have never got a firm no, mm -hmm. but I have not got a yes. It's kind of that, like, so, eh, Hopefully the comic book will push things in the other direction. And I, I feel, uh, I could be wrong about this, but I think the talk was as a TV series. Really? Yeah. So kind of like Friends that with Kaiju. Good. That would be good. You have more time to tell and develop stories and characters. Yeah. So that is... Well, I'm Something sorry. I'm hoping for. Yeah, because when Nemesis reads like a uh, like, like a high end action movie, like the way you yeah. describe things, I I can see it very clearly in my head. It's got uh, a very um, put this uh, like a very awesome late '90s action vibe <laughs> to it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that happened because my writing experience before novels mm. was comic books and screenplays. So I was always writing visually, and, it works, um, it and works. as an artist. Um, so yeah, everything that come out kind of has that visual feel. Now, uh, a, a kind of a geeky question here. I noticed that uh, in, in Nemesis, you opted not to give her any sort of like a, a extracurricular kind of beam weapon. Now, at the end, you know, for those who haven't read it, uh, there's she does develop um, like a final transformation that does have a certain power to it, but it's not. Mm -hmm. A direct, like, uh, kind of like a uh, like a Godzilla ray or a gamma fireball, if you will. Um, right. Do I mean? I, I, again, I haven't gotten further into your books yet, but is there is that just kind of like a grounding thing, or is it you know a matter of you know? Um, I'm trying to think of the words here. I'm kind of fumbling with myself. Uh, pr pretty much, no beams, no weapons. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, she has. The, the glowing membranes that mm -hmm. if you pierce, they, they explode. Yeah. All that liquid that's in there is explosive. Mm -hmm. um, so she does use that as a weapon. Sometimes she'll plunge her claws into her own chest and just let it spray out. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of wanted it to be a little bit more gory 
and explainable mm-hmm. than maybe Godzilla's atomic breath. Um, but in the second novel, I believe it is, and this is maybe a minor spoiler, she does develop a way to projectile vomit the <laughs> explosive membranes at things. Oh, nice. Uh, right. Yeah, so she like tucks them up like loogies and they pop and explode. Awesome. <laughs> so much awesome. Oh, man. All right. Well, a uh, few final things because uh, I know you've you got to get going pretty soon. Um, first off, where can people go to find more of your work? Um, best place to go is bewareofmonsters.com. That's my website. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can sign up for the newsletter, and that will get you all the news on upcoming books and comic books, mm-hmm. um, as well as my new podcast, which I just launched a few weeks ago. Oh. Uh, I am not the host. Mm-hmm. I am on it occasionally, but mm-hmm. the host is Christopher Willett. And so that's the Beware of Monsters podcast. Awesome. Um, so that's at the website as well. You can also find me on Facebook. Uh, see if I can remember what my Facebook page address is. So facebook.com slash Jeremy Robinson author is the fan page. And then Twitter is at Jeremy Robinson author, but I don't really use Twitter, so. <laughs> you just kind of have it because all the cool kids have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Facebook posts to my Twitter. So it looks okay. like a... Yeah. So that, that's, <laughs> that's kind of how we operate. Everything goes on to Facebook and then just kind of gets spread through there. So it's yeah. just so much easier, you know. Yeah. You did mention Robinson Fest. Is there any place you will be physically in case fans or other people kind of want to speak with you and talk to you more about your novels? Yeah, on Wednesday when the comic book comes out, Matt, Frank, and I and the variant cover artist, uh, Josh, will be at Double Midnight Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire from 2.30 to 4.30 and then at Jetpack Comics in Rochester, New Hampshire from 6 to 8. So we'll be doing two signings on the day the comic is released. Awesome. And do you, uh, I, I gotta ask, do you have any plans to come out uh, west uh, for us uh, folk out here who can't make it back east? <laughs> I would love to, but there's no current plans. I know that um, Famous Monsters gets a booth at Comic-Con every year, so maybe we'll make it out next year for Comic-Con. Awesome. We will be there with spades. You gotta get out to G-Fest one day, too. I think you would be well Yeah, I do. <laughs> I have three kids, um, and there are also there are several um, novel cons that take place on that same weekend every year. Oh, okay. And my daughter's birthday is that same weekend every year. Ah, okay. So it's, it's really hard for me to get away for anything <laughs> during that time of year. Um, but, yeah, I would like to get to Jesus, too. Yeah. That would probably be where I'd feel most at home in terms of I think they would they would welcome you with a red carpet there. <laughs> so you got kids, you write a million novels. Where do you find the time to sleep, sir? <laughs> I don't. I'm on very little sleep right now. I think I slept four hours last night. I actually dropped my family off at the airport this morning, and they are now in California <laughs> without me. So yeah, they they can sign the comic for me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, sir, thank you so much for coming on. We will uh, let you go so you can actually get some of that precious sleep. 
<laughs> Thanks for having me. Now, and again, thank you so much for coming on to our humble little show. You know, mm-hmm. having a nice, renowned author as yourself, you know, grace us. It's uh, it's quite exciting. We uh, just kind of <laughs> been talking about this all week when we found out about it. So <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, renowned author Jeremy Robinson. Uh, as always, you can pick up his books, the Project Nemesis series, at uh, on Amazon. And uh, Project Nemesis, the comic book, comes out this Wednesday, October 7th. So go to your local comic stores. If they don't have it, demand it. Put it on your pull list. Because uh, those books sell. We get a lot more. And uh, more kaiju anything is always a good thing. Wouldn't you agree, Jessica? Yes, yes. I mean, he started the old genre, mm-hmm. the kaiju thriller, and now it's kind of taking off, and it's the perfect time as well. And, uh, and, uh, and you're not even certain about it. Matt Frank's doing the art. Come on. You can't say no to Matt Frank. Yes, yes. The awesome Matt Frank. So on that note, Jessica, where can the good people find more of our work? Yes, you can find us on Facebook as the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. And we are also on uh, Tumblr as the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast.tumblr.com. We are also on there for Gmail, which is the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast at gmail.com. Now, Twitter is where we differ, mm. and ours is just the Kaiju Kingdom. There is no podcast at the end due to a character limitation for our username. And where can people find more of your work? You can always find me on Facebook as uh, Jessica Sang, T-S-E-A-N-G. You can also find me on littlegeekgirls.com, thecomicbookgirl.com, and girlongeek.com. Just realize there's a lot of the words girl in there. <laughs> so it's going to have to... Seems to be a theme there. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, you can find more of my work over at therealmcast.com, where I host a myriad of podcasts on there as well. Uh, I host the run uh take two with uh my good buddy george cordero and uh the return this week of the rundown the flash it's back jessica it's back yes on tuesday we get some jay garrick action going on in there yes i mean jay garrick is too young but you know it's cw (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's gotta be sexy somehow yep oh god (laughs) so you can find more of my work over there at the realmcast.com All right, well, that will do it for this edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. For myself and Jessica, hi. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.